Guys, it is an absolute honor and a privilege to be able to be here with you today. I'm incredibly excited. Uh, loosen up a little bit. I don't know who was camping last night. Put your hands up if you stayed in the tent. You guys are crazy. Uh, just straight up. You're wild. Is anyone still camping? Yuck. Unbelievable. Oh my goodness. Uh, that is so good. I love the passion. It's great. Um, look, welcome to Coffs Harbour as a kind of local. Uh, my wife is up the back. Her name's Caitlin. Chuck your hand up. She's amazing. She's beautiful. Um, and we welcome you guys here. We're so excited to have Soul Survivor in Coffs Harbour impacting the city and the cities around. And uh, we're just blessed to have you guys here. And you know, there's one other thing I think we need to say thank you for is the band. We didn't really give them a big enough thanks. So let's just give it up. And did you guys actually know, I just found this out, I think it was the second or the third song, I, I don't know if they actually mentioned it, but did, did you know they wrote that song? Like this last week, who am I, I'm looking for someone to give me a nod, there's the band. Is that true? Someone wrote that, you guys wrote that song collectively or the third? Oh my goodness. Wasn't that cool? They just wrote a song. That is amazing. I couldn't do that. I'm so envious. It's great. I love it. But, you know, there's one other thing. Behind every good worship set, any good song you may like, a great speech, anything, there's one thing that's even more important because none of it would happen without a sound guy. So if everyone just can put it up for the... None of this can happen if it's not for the sound and production team. The guys at the front like to look good, but they can only look good if they make them look good. So we love those guys up the back. Man, you know, this weather is um, not ideal by any means, but hey, we'll work with it. You know, last night after the message, I was chatting with uh, Shannon up the back, and he was saying, I just love it. It's crazy. A bunch of young people coming into a city just wanting to serve. And he goes, you know what? I reckon if Jesus was around, that's exactly what he would do. Jesus would be here serving. And I was just so encouraged by that. I'm like, yes, that is true. That is what Jesus would be doing. But there's one other thing I think Jesus would do, because I don't think... If Jesus was here, I picture him still wearing robes and stuff. That's just how I see him, even if he was here today. I don't think he'd want those things to get wet because that would not be fun. That would be heavy. That would be like sloppy. And so I would love it if you guys would all just pray with me. You know, we believe this Jesus that we follow, this God, he split the ocean, right? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He was conqueror of death. He can stop a little bit of rain. Amen. So let's just all pray together. You can all just pray at the same time. And we're going to shoot out a prayer that the rain would just chill out while projects are happening because we want to be out there doing it. And then we'll jump straight into the word. So, Lord, we just thank you so much for your power. We thank you that you are so much more above the weather, that there is nothing that is greater than you, nothing that is bigger than you, and a little bit of rain is easy. So right now, Lord, we just ask that you would just part the clouds and that uh, you would stop the rain, sunshine will come in, and you would uh, give us the opportunity to be able to bless the area of Coffs Harbour. In your name, amen. Who believes prayer works here? Yes, come on, that's good to hear, good to hear. So what is courage to you guys? Just chuck out a couple answers. What is courage up the front here? Uh, being, courageous. being courageous. Fair call. What are some other ones? It might be like jumping off something high into water. That takes courage. That's scary. It might be talking to your mum after you didn't do the chore. That takes courage. But, yep. Yes, that's fantastic. And I heard one over here. Being outgoing, come on, that's amazing. You know, so that is all incredible things. Courage is something that we live with every day. Sometimes we feel we lack it in areas, other areas we feel like we excel in it. It changes. You know, what, what is courage to me? Courage, 
When I naturally think of courage, I think of doing something we're afraid of, building up the passion and the courage to do something that we're nervous of. You know, I love adrenaline. I love, I live for those moments when my heart is just beating and I'm going to do something crazy and I, I just, I love that stuff. I never used to as a kid, but as I've gotten older, I've enjoyed that more and more. And, and uh, so my friends... Um, I was looking after some of their kids, they have four of them, and they're telling me, man, there's this rope swing in Coss Harbour. And I'm like, yeah? And it perked me up real quick. I was like, rope swing? And they're like, yeah, it's sick. Like, it's so fun. It's pretty big, though, they tell me. that It's pretty big. And I'm like, yeah, that's chill, man. No worries. I can do this rope swing. And so we're going out there. I've got in the car. I've got a 14-year-old guy, 14-year-old girl, and an 8-year-old boy. And as we're driving along, they're like, Sam, are you ready? My name's Sam, by the way. Um, they're like, are you ready for this rope swing? And I'm thinking, yeah, I think so. Like, rope swing sounds good. They're like, yeah, don't worry about it. Nixon, the eight-year-old boy, he goes from the top. So it's all good. Like, you'll be good to go from the top. And so I'm sitting there, like, driving out. I'm like, all right, cool. So if the eight-year-old boy's going from the top and... Like, there's a girl there going from the top, and there's all this stuff. I'm thinking, okay, as a, as a man, I've got this. This is so easy. We get to this rope swing. Oh, boy, this is a big rope swing. I got real nervous real quick, and I'm like, no, there's no way. This little dude, he's like this big. I'm like, you don't go from the top. He's like, yeah, he grabs the rope, and he climbs up this like cliff face, and he jumps on this thing and swings out. It like swings you to like at the top of the rope of the swing. You're like over five meters above the water after coming down like a cliff. It's huge. It's awesome. I love it. There was not a chance I had the courage to go from the top the first go. I definitely did not. I went from like halfway and I felt very embarrassed. You guys can loosen up. You can laugh a little bit. It's okay. Um, we've got a tough crowd here. Um, I was terrified of this thing. But slowly, after going again and again and again, you know, you build up the courage and you move your way up. It's a great one. You have different levels that you can do. And now, believe it or not, I can go from the top along with the eight-year-old boy. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, the problem with hanging out with young people is they never, they're always pushing you. They're always telling you to do the next thing. I go from the top. He's like, sweet, now backflip it. I'm like, what? what? No, I'm not backflipping it. Are you crazy? Like, I can't do that. And he's like, yeah, it's easy. You just do this. And he does it. And then, yeah, you guessed it. Then the eight-year-old boy does it. And I'm like, mm, dang it, Nixon. And so now I have successfully done a backflip, and now they're trying to tell me to do a double, and that's just not going to happen. But, the, you know, the rope swing, courage, being around something builds our courage. It's, courage is not something that we are just born with. We're different things. But when we surround ourselves with something, our courage is built in that area. Put your hands up if you ride dirt bikes. Does anyone ride motorbikes? See, you guys are nuts. You're all crazy. You wouldn't see me on one of those things because they are a death trap. But you guys seem to have the courage to do that. And I take my hat off to you. That is amazing. So courage is not something we are born with. It's something we grow in. You know, there's many incredible people in the Bible uh, that I believe so many stories of courage. You could almost take, well, you really could take any story in the Bible and there is courage all the way through it. But we want to have a look at just a couple of people, three in particular. First one is Mary. Jesus' mum, Mary. Now, she was an incredible woman of God. I always respect her deeply. Uh, the part we're going to look at is at John 2, verses 1 to 5. Um, I'm just going to talk through it, but I'll bring it up on my phone. If you didn't bring your Bible, I brought mine, so don't worry about it. It's John 2, verses 1 to 5. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village I don't ever know how to say this. Is it Kana or Sana or Sina? I hear different things all the time. Does anyone know? Sam up the back there? 
No idea, no idea. It's good. He was at a village in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus' disciples were also invited. I love this part. Jesus' mother was the important one, and then it's like, oh yeah, also Jesus came along. Like, he wasn't the big deal. I think that's great. Um, the wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Pause. This next part is crucial. You need some information. No way are you allowed to say this to your mother unless you are the son of God. All right? So keeping that in mind, he goes, dear woman, that's not my problem. All right? So unless you are the son of God, do not ever under any circumstance speak to your mother or anybody that way. You will get smacked. It's not, a, it's not good. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come, but his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. You know, I love this passage. Um, because that is intense courage. I mean, what, what is the audacity that Mary has? That, you know, let, let's, let's span this out. Let's say, let's put it into our time. So I'm hanging out at a wedding, and I've got Luke. He's got the electric guitar. We're hanging out there, and we've got, we got Sam up the back, and, there's, and we've got Rocket. And, you know, we've got a bunch of the boys. We're all hanging out and at this wedding, and we notice that um, the wine supply has run low. And, and so I've gone, oh, fellas, um, the, the wine's getting low. What do you reckon we should do? Um, and one of them goes, oh, you should tell Jesus that it's getting low. I'm like, no, I'm not going to go tell Jesus that it's getting low. And through much discussion, somehow they've convinced me that I have to be the one to go tell Jesus that the wine is low. And so this is how it would play out. I'm convinced Jesus is over here. I'm here and I'm kind of like, I'd like, this is what I'd do. I'd, I'd slowly walk up and I'd be like, hey, Jesus, how you doing, man? And he'd be like, yeah, good, bruh. That's how he says it in my mind. Um, and, uh, and then I'd be like, man, did, did you know that um, they're, they're running out of drinks, actually? And I'd say it real timid. And then he would say, um, woman, no, he would say, he would say, man, um, let me just bring it up. I don't want to get it wrong. That's not my problem. Immediately, I would say, you know what? You were right, Jesus. This is not your wedding. I don't even know what I was thinking. I am so stupid. I should not have come and told you about the drinks. I am ridiculous. Please forgive me. I'm out of here. That's what I would do. That's not what Mary does. Um, Jesus then backs up this statement as if Jesus being the son of God is, you know, not enough to say, no, that's not my problem. He backs it up saying, my time has not yet come. He hasn't done any miracles. So the son of God says, my time has not yet come. Of course, I'm not going to do that. At this point, I am, of course, I'm not going to push Jesus. He's the son of God. He is the king of all kings. And he says, that's not my problem. And also it's not in my plan. And he has a plan. But Jesus hears that, I mean, not Jesus, Mary hears that, turns to some people and goes, do whatever he tells you. The courage of this woman to believe and know what Jesus' heart is. And, you know, the reason I think she had that courage is that she lived with Jesus, right? It was his mom. And uh, she journeyed. There's a few times in the Bible where it says that uh, she watched things happen. Different amazing things would go on. We're not going to get into detail, but it said... Mary would take them and hold them in her heart. She would watch them and she would take them in. She was watching Jesus and through that she had the courage and the audacity to know the character of Jesus. You know, I want to share a little bit of my life, uh, a bit of my testimony with you guys, if that's all right. Um, about how I was watching Jesus. So I grew up in a Christian family. Uh, it was amazing, incredible, credible family. I have two older sisters. I'm the youngest of three. Uh, Mum and dad, we grew up in Canberra. Um, where I spent 18 years, and things were really good. I was always involved in the church. I actually went to a couple of Soul Survivor camps. They were incredible. I loved it. Um, 
But, you know, as, as we know, life isn't perfect, even if we're a Christian, right? Life is not perfect. And so as I got older, things started to kind of go wrong and things started to deteriorate. Things were getting difficult in my church. There was a bit of a split kind of happening. There was kind of like some people were saying one thing, others were saying the other. And, and my church actually ripped in half right down the middle. And at the same time, I uh, actually had a big falling out with my father. He, was, he traveled a lot when, he was, um, when I was younger. He was traveled 26 weeks of the year. Um, so I didn't really have much of a dad growing up and so he would come back in and we would fight and so we had this big falling out and in the same week a friend of mine actually committed suicide and all these things kind of happened in this really short time my family my church family and my friends all kind of fell apart everything was rough and it was in that moment that I, for some silly, ridiculous reason, decided I'd give up on God, that I would give up on the whole journey, that I couldn't do it anymore. Life was too hard to do this. Like, oh, woe is me. I was getting all upset about it. Um, and then I fully walked away. It wasn't really like, you know, people call it a backslide. It wasn't really that. It was more like a back cliff jump. It was just like straight down. And I uh, went into this pretty dark area where I actually became a drug dealer in the local area. And I got heavily involved in the party scene, which we don't need to go into because it doesn't matter. Um, and my life was all about that. Women, drugs, alcohol, all of that kind of thing. And that, that's what kept me going. But there was this emptiness in my heart the whole time. There was never anything that satisfied me. There was never anything that would give me the high that was good enough you know what I learned is that I was just watching Jesus is something I learned when I grew up I was actually just watching him I wasn't journeying with him I love the message last night you know let's not be on the fence let's not just be watching Jesus from on the fence because hey that's going to be uncomfortable have you guys ever slid down a pole like I get sore after doing that one time I'm not going to sit on a fence um, but let's be all in like, I just love that idea. Let's be all in. Let's not just watch, but let's journey with Jesus. It's uh, not necessarily the easiest thing to do at times, but at the same time, it's the only option, which makes it the easiest because there is no other option that you have. And so, you know, I, I kept going along this journey and it took a, a, a lot of people came up to me and some were not so helpful. They're like, you're going to hell. I was like, thanks. That's really encouraging. I appreciate that. Um, and then another guy finally came up to me and he just said, hey, man, want to hang out? And I was like, oh, here we go again, another church. just trying to get me back in and all this stuff. I was like, oh, I don't want a bar of it. Um, but he said, no, let's just hang out. So we hung out one week. I had a great time. Didn't talk about anything seriously. We talked about football and cars and stuff. I don't even talk about cars, but I thought that would be a good thing to talk about. I don't know why. Um, but, uh, you know, the next week he calls me up. He's like, hey, bro, want to catch up? Same place, same time. I'm like, yeah, all right, that sounds good. And slowly I started opening my life up to this guy without even me really realizing it. And through that and through there's a bunch of other stuff, but we don't, we don't dive into it all. But um, slowly I kind of came back to God and came back to realizing that he is the only one that was going to fill my void. And uh, it was through just love. Through him just loving me, understanding that God loves me unconditionally was what that brought me back. And through this guy just loving me, that really brought me back in. And uh, it took, I believe it took this guy a lot of courage to do so because I was pretty standoffish. I wasn't wanting it. I'd, you know, I'd kind of gotten a little angry at some people that had tried in the past. And so I take my hat off to him still to this day. Uh, his name's Guy, which is kind of fun because I often say he was a guy named Guy. Um, that's great. Haha, <laughs> I'm funny. Um... And, you know, so that's kind of like the amazing thing is God was continually pursuing me. I look back on my life, there's so many times it should have gone an opposite way, but he was con continually pursuing me. 
And this, this shows in something, it leads us to two more characters in the Bible, how this is ending up here, is I want to look at Peter and John. And there's a little verse that will wrap, that'll talk about this, and it's Acts 4, verses 13. And it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus that they'd been journeying with Jesus. And it was after all this stuff that had gone on that I had realized that all I was doing is I was watching Jesus. I wasn't with Jesus. And so I took a stand. Oh, how long ago was that now? Seven years ago. I'm looking at my wife because she knows my life better than I do. Six years ago, there we go. Um, I took a stand and I said, you know what, I'm not going to be on the fence anymore. I'm not just going to watch you from afar, but I'm actually going to be with you. I'm going to be journeying alongside you. you we're going to be in it together, though I think we're together. It's kind of like God's just like helping me along, but um, it's amazing. You know, these guys... They had courage. Everywhere they went, people saw them as incredible men, but they were ordinary. They were like you. They were like me. They were like all of us. There was no difference except for the fact they had been journeying with God. And so when Peter was on the boat and the storm is raging and he gets out, he's like, who is that guy out there? And Jesus is like, hey, it's me. Um, he's like, come, get, like, come walk to me. The courage that it takes. Has any of you guys been on boats before? Have you ever been on a boat that was in a storm? I've only ever been on a cruise ship in a storm, and I was still terrified, and that's a big boat. These guys weren't in big boats, and he's like, hey, come out. It is not an easy thing to step out of a boat in the first place, yet alone in a storm. The courage that it took Peter to do that was enormous, but hey, guess what? Peter had been with Jesus, so he had the courage there. You know, let's look at another time when Peter and uh, John, yes, um, were... Uh, in prison. They get arrested and all of a sudden everything seems to be going wrong. They had courage and they got out of the prison. They were set free. You know what? They had been with Jesus. There was another time where they were walked into a village and there was a lame man at the gates and uh, he had been incredibly ill and they turned to the guy. Ordinary men, understand this, just people like you and me, they turned to this guy and they said, hey, rise up and walk. They had courage, and guess what? They had been with Jesus. They had been journeying alongside Jesus. That's incredible. That is isn't complete trust. How does one come to a place where that is okay? How do you get to a place where you can trust? And it's simple. The answer is be with Jesus. Be all in for Jesus. When we journey with Him, all of a sudden, as I said right from the beginning, that uh, where are we? Courage is not something we are born with. It's something we grow in. When we start our journey, we, we grow in our courage with Jesus. And, you know, in my life, we had an amazing story. I love stories, so I'm going to share another one. I'm keeping mind of the time. Um, uh, in, I'm a, they called me YWAM Sam when I came up. I'm a part of a missions organization called YWAM, if you've ever heard of it. It stands for Youth with a Mission. We're an international global missions group that are in every part of the world. And we do frontier missions and local missions. And we do a lot of missions um, and a lot of other stuff. But uh, one particular time, my wife and I were leading a team in East Timor. And we were having dinner. And... Um, with just a, just a casual night, except for the fact that East Timor is crazy and it's like super dangerous. Once the sun thinks about going down, so like kind of once it passes 12, you get inside and you lock the doors. It's like not really safe. Um, so our property that we were in had like a huge like eight foot high wall 
would then in the top concrete with glass all put in the concrete sticking up so like you couldn't climb over it and if that wasn't enough of a deterrent they then had razor wire running around the top and the only way in was through a giant steel gate with like this deadlock that you put across and then you put a big padlock on from the inside um, that is the security that we need in this place because once it's dark things get a little crazy I've been there before where we were playing a game and we got a little bit rowdy and next minute all these rocks were being thrown over and are like slamming down around us and we're all like um, but it was really it was kind of fun um, but so that's that's the scenario that we're in but we're, we're having dinner it's a great time there's a team of us and all of a sudden we look up and uh, we see this this dude just creeping in the darkness of the corner of our property um, kind of near the gate and I guarantee it was me that forgot to put the lock on I don't know who but I, that's the kind of guy I would do I would forget that um, there's this man lingering in the corner and he's just in the darkness and he's just standing there and we've got a real creepy feel about this guy. We're like, you know, when you see someone, you're like, ooh, you have bad intentions right now. I am not looking forward to what is about to happen. Um, and so we're all looking at him and we're eating dinner and we're like, maybe if we ignore him, he'll just go away. And so we just keep eating dinner and then he starts yelling and I'm like, oh man, things are getting heated up in here. Um, and our, our contact is a little guy. I'm a little guy and he came up to like here on me. Um, walks over to him and I'm like man what is going on like this guy's in the darkness and he's creepy um, and he's yelling and I don't know what he's yelling like maybe he's yelling I love you guys or maybe he's not um, I don't know um, the contact goes over and starts talking to him all of a sudden, it becomes very clear he wasn't yelling, I love you guys, uh, as he starts throwing punches at our contact. And he's like, big swings. He's coming around hooking. Now, contact, I didn't, I wasn't aware, but he is actually Spider-Man. Um, is what I found out in this moment. As these punches are coming around, he's just so quickly and casually, mind you, just like, and dodges it. And I was like, what? And like another one comes in, a left hook, he's like, dodges it and I'm like this guy's unreal um, next minute this guy's chasing him around the backyard just swinging punch after punch and every single one he's like whoo, 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 just running backwards like this and I'm like you are crazy man um, so we're watching this happen still not knowing what to do we're still just like one guy's just trying to ignore it still he's sitting there he's just eating dinner <laughs> like, he's just looking straight down while this thing's going on I'm like bro that's not gonna help um, finally they kind of stop and they're talking, and then he, all out of nowhere, throws another punch, whoo, dodges it again. I'm like, this guy is Spider-Man. I'm ready for him to, like, get him with the web or something. Um, and so I asked someone else who can speak the language. I said, what is going on here? I don't, like, why is this happening? And I'm like, what are we going to do about it? Um, it? Just a heads up, it's really never a good idea to respond violence with violence. That doesn't actually help. Like, we had more guys in the room. We could have just gone and wrestled the guy to the ground and kicked him out. But it, it doesn't help. Um, it's not going to help the situation. Sure, right now he's on the other side of the steel gate and I feel safer and I can eat my meal, but in the long run, that is not going to help the situation. And so I said, what is going on? And the contact goes, oh, don't worry about him. He's a neighbor. He gets really, really drunk sometimes and he gets angry and he comes over and he causes trouble. And I'm like, okay, like this is a normal thing. <laughs> like this isn't good. And then um, the scariest thing happened. The guy who's yelling and angry and drunk and throwing punches looks up and in English goes, I do what? And I was like, oh no, he's understood everything we've been saying this whole time. Like he couldn't have been yelling in English in the first place and I would have known. We've just been like talking about him, like not saying anything bad, but I've been like, who is this guy? And he's been able to understand everything. At this point he starts marching up towards our group and he's still angry. Um, 
So myself and one other guy stand up. We've got a few girls in our team, and number one rule for guys is even if you're not the leader, if you protect your girls. That's what you've got to do. You step up and you be in front. If someone's going to get hit, it's going to be you and not them. Guys, listen, that's what your job is. Um, and so we step up. Unfortunately, you know, that doesn't really help the situation because then he's like, oh, they're ready to go. And we're like, no. Um, he's yelling at my friend. He's like, do you want to fight? And uh, my friend's like, no, I don't. <laughs> and he's like, because we're going to fight. And he's like, no, please, actually, I really don't want to fight um and he's all up in his face and all of a sudden he throws another punch at our contact and he, he wings it around contact dodges it um he hits his pole shatters his hand um it swells up immediately like it was it was pretty unreal wasn't it Caitlin? like it was just fully swollen um now, I'm like, this guy is just crazy. I'm like, how do we defuse this situation? And so I'm praying. I'm immediately like, God, what do we do in this situation? How do we do it? And then God said the craziest thing. He says, you know what I want you to do? I want you to go up and hug the guy. And I said, come on. No, you did not just say that. That's not how it works. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever seen things like this, but typically if a guy's throwing punches, the last thing you want to do is like, come on, bro, let's give it a hug. Like that doesn't really help the situation. Um, and I was like, you're kidding. And just super clearly, God's like, no, I want you to give this guy a hug. And I was like, oh, I don't want to hug this guy. And I'm a bit of a hugger. I'm okay to have a hug with the boys. It's great. But not with this guy. Um, and so finally he said again, like, I want you to hug this guy. And so I stepped forward and the dude looks up at me. And, and I, I just said to him, I said, mate, or not mate, I, said, I think I said bro. I said, I'm going to give you a hug. And I want you to hug me back. And the guy's kind of like startled, and I'm kind of equally startled. Um, and, then, and I just go in, and I just, just grab this guy, and he hugs me back and just starts crying immediately. He just breaks, just tears running down his face, and he just starts sharing his story of abuse that he had been through. He started sharing about all the pain that he has been in, the loss of his family, and just fully opens up and just pours out his heart. Um, and the anger was obviously gone. And so we start being able to speak life and encouragement into this guy. And um, as he was a little intoxicated, it's not the ideal time to do it. And so we, I actually turned to the guy and said, look, man, we're going to pray for you because your, your hand is not looking good. Um, it was real swollen. And so we're going to pray that your hand gets immediately healed. And then you're going to go home um, and we're going to hang out tomorrow night. But if I smell any alcohol on your breath, I'm going to leave. But I'm going to come over to your house tomorrow night and we're going to talk some more. So he's like, what? Um, and we prayed for his hand and just immediately the swelling went down and it was completely good. And he starts doing this and he's like moving it around, miraculously healed on the spot. And I said to the guy, now remember, every time you get angry and you want to hit something and you clench up to throw a punch, you remember that in your drunkenness, in your anger, in your sin, the God of love healed you miraculously. And uh, you remember that every time you clench up. Remember what God does for you. That is how much he loves for you. And then I kind of like shuffled him out the door and I slammed the door shut and put the padlock on. Um, and we went back to our dinner. Um, you know, this was a story, I, I do believe it took me a lot of courage to do that. I'm not going to say it didn't. But the only way I was able to do it is because I was walking with Jesus. Because I'd been on this journey with Jesus. When we hear his voice, we think it's crazy, but we go ahead and we do it anyway. Um, I'm going to invite Andy actually up as we bring this to a wrap. Um, you know, but I just, I really want to make sure you guys know none of, none of this is about me. The story isn't about me. That story was completely about Jesus in me. It was completely about Jesus in the situation. It was Jesus that was touching this guy's heart. He opened up and he just went for it. Um, 
So the courage that we can grow in is when we've been walking along with Jesus, not just watching him. So my encouragement to you guys is, well, wait, we want to pray for you, but journey alongside him. And then when the crazy things happen, when the storm comes in, when the wild stuff goes on, understand that when we're walking with Jesus, anything is possible. There is nothing that is impossible because we can have the courage to walk on the water. We can have the courage to slam a staff on the ground and the ocean splits. We can have the courage to pray for our friend who had a broken leg and see it immediately healed. We can have the courage to live a life that is completely sold out for him. Uh, I hope that encouraged you guys. I'd love to get to know you throughout the week, so please come and chat to me. Um, I love talking. But we want to take a time now to pray for you um, and with you guys. And so with that, I'm going to hand over to Andy, and he's going to lead us in a time of prayer.